This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Well, hello everybody. This is Hal. And this is Melanie. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. And this episode is brought to you in part by Bridgeway Academy, a homeschool program that you might want to check out at homeschoolacademy.com. You know, Hal, I didn't think we were going to get here. Mm-hmm. We had the roughest time, y'all. We were today. Mm-hmm. Let me just give you a preview of the episode. Today is at the at the Ark Encounter, mm-hmm. and oh boy, we got an exciting episode for you. We're going to be talking about when your kids have spiritual doubts. And how to help use apologetics to help them. But in the meantime, let me tell you what the Lord did for us this week. Because mm-hmm. we didn't think we were going to get here, how did we? Well, we had a, there was some rattle up in the front end of our van. And I thought it was uh, an idler pulley or something on the, something on the drive belt. You know, one of those things. The van's got enough mileage that you start to replace things. So the van was running fine. I took it in the mechanic just to be sure. He listened to it out in the parking lot and said, yeah, it sounds like an idler pulley. You know, that was his diagnosis. He took it back in the shop and they worked around with it a little while. And then he came back and said, no, what you're hearing is the timing chain chattering. <sighs> and I said, okay, uh, what does that mean? He says, well, uh, if we don't replace that timing chain, uh, if it jumps, you are going to lose the engine. Oh, golly. Uh, and, and then he said $2,400 and I can't do it this week. And we, you know what? We are on a 5,000-mile trip to uh, to Albuquerque and to Phoenix, Arizona, and we didn't have the time. No, we, so, we had to leave Wednesday mm-hmm. in order to make all our speaking engagements. And 10 of us traveling, so you, know, you can't exactly take a car to do mm-mm, that. Mm-mm. We were in a panic, so we started praying. We started asking everybody else to pray. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, that was a rough morning now. Well, we looked at about eight different scenarios. How do we get out there and fulfill our agreements? How do we get out there and keep as much of the original plan intact? How do we take the resources with us we need? We mm-hmm. were looking at flights, at renting things. It was crazy. Yeah. But let me tell you, the love of the brethren came through. Mm-hmm. Um, family we've gone to church with for many years offered us Offered to let us take their 15-passenger van mm-hmm. to Arizona and back, 5,000 miles. Yeah, I said, brother, that, that's 5,000 miles. And, and you sure you can spare that for three weeks? And he said, he said, look, we only use it to pull our camper now. And we've got one extra vehicle for the number of drivers that we have in the house. And so we're not going camping, and we would love for you to use it. And wow. then one of our sons realized he had a friend who used a bunch of vans like ours in his business. Mm-hmm. Called him and said, who does your work? And found us a mechanic that could do it for several hundred dollars less than our mechanic quoted. And then the Lord just moved several people to make donations. And mm-hmm. what it all came down to is we're on our trip in a mm-hmm. borrowed van. And our van is now fixed. Mm-hmm. Back home, it got fixed this evening. We've been on the road since yesterday morning. Yeah. But, you know, it was just one more time of seeing God provide. And I don't mm-hmm. know why I doubt him how. Mm-hmm. Because every single time he gives us what we need, he takes care of us, he provides for us in mm-hmm. ways that just blow me away. And we try to be good stewards. You know, we're not trying to be presumptive and, and uh, you know, fiddle away the, the days. But at the same time, we see when, uh, when trouble comes, 
that the Lord is back of it saying, I've got this. I'm going to take care of it. Just trust me. And and we've seen that over and over again. So here we are. Well, you know, Mm -hmm. we need to tell the rest of the story. Once the mechanic opened it up, y'all, it was probably within a few miles of destroying the engine. Hmm. uh, If you know anything about that, Tommy Chain lost its guides. It was flopping around. Mm -hmm. Already damaged the inside of the engine cover. And it was God's mercy mm-hmm. that this happened now and it was fixed instead of us getting stranded halfway across the country like mm-hmm. happened in 2015. Hey, if you th- don't know that story, mm-hmm. you need to search on Van in the archives, in the yeah. podcast archives, because it is an amazing story of God's provision. Well, short answer on that is God was in charge of that situation too. Yes. But you don't want to set out with a ticking bomb. No. <laughs> so no. so we're thankful no. we're thankful that God arranged everything. We are safely on our way. Yesterday, we how, do you know how far we drove yesterday? Yes, it was 568 miles, and I felt every bit of it. Oh, wow. But this but. is a really fun trip because, y'all, our married son and his wife and their baby, are, our grandbaby is traveling with us. Mm-hmm. And we are having so much fun, especially since today we've spent the day at the Ark Encounter. Mm-hmm. Now, that is in Kentucky in, mm-hmm. oh, what's the name of this town? Owens, Williamstown. Williamstown. Oh, it's okay. just the other the other exit on that. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I saw the Creation Museum a few years ago, mm-hmm. and I was really stunned at how amazing it was. It's a very professionally done presentation. I was amazed because we had we had just had a family vacation to go to the to uh, the Smithsonian Institute in uh, in Washington, and it was just it was disorganized. It was dirty. It was so much of it was run down. And we just felt, it felt like, you know, this, this really does look, they call themselves the nation's attic, but it really did feel like it an felt attic. like an it attic. Was not very impressive. And, and I'll be honest. I was a little nervous about going to creation museum. How? Well, sometimes because we, well, I'm mm-hmm. my degrees in biology. I studied chemistry. I was afraid it wouldn't do justice to the science or if it did, that it would be cheesy. But well, I was blown away. It was amazing. It, it is. And we've been there several times for one reason or another. And I've got to say, every time we've gone, they've got new exhibits. They they are continually updating and changing the things that are there at the museum. So the Creation it's Museum, it is. It, you know what? All of the all of the promotion you might have heard about it and people talking about it, it's not made up. It really is an excellent place to go. But So, enter the Ark Encounter. I, you know... Mm-hmm. I grew up in a Christian home. I've mm-hmm. always known the ark was. I've seen it figured out. I've seen her about people mm-hmm. measuring it out in, in a big field. But I get it's it's hard to really imagine those size numbers. And it wasn't. Mm-hmm. I, I just it was amazing to stand there beside that thing and realize how big it was. You can put four hundred and fifty tractor trailers inside it if it were empty it it is really big and you're right because we read the dimensions and so often we read things particularly in familiar passages of scripture you've heard it all your life you've seen it all your life you don't really internalize it. i mean you no longer stop and think what what are they telling me and yeah so so it, it's interesting you know this this thing is it's not an Ark per se, in the sense of it's not a functioning boat. It's a building that's meant to to represent the dimensions and give an idea of what the contents of the ark would have been like. And I think really and truly, I think what it comes down to is they want to prove to a skeptical world 
that this is plausible. It's and, not a fairy tale. It's not something that's that's you know just ridiculous on the surface of it. And that brings us right to what we want to talk about today, mm -hmm. because in everyone's life mm -hmm. there comes moments that you say, "What if all this really isn't true?" Mm -hmm. And I think, and that is especially common in our preteens, right? Because you know that when they're little kids, mommy and daddy tell them there's an invisible world, and when they're five or six, they begin to real understand it, mm -hmm. and they're like. Oh, I want Jesus to love me. I want to love Jesus like mommy and daddy love Jesus. Right. And we all rejoice. That's a great thing. That's good. But then they hit that those preteen years mm -hmm. when their emotions are going wild from the hormones mm -hmm. and their brains are both mm -hmm. developing into the brains of an adult, but in the meantime, they're kind of mush as they're going or through like that change. Fruit salad or something. Yeah. Yeah. And the Yet they're able to logically analyze things they haven't been able to before. And they get to that age, and they look around and they say, uh-oh, mom and dad believe this, but other people believe different stuff. What if, what if mom and dad are wrong? I mean, what if they've told me this story and they believe it, but it's not true? What if, what if that? What How do then? I know there is a God? And Yeah, and that, that is a common thing. That's a common thing that happens with preteens. And Well, somebody posted <laughs> about it just yesterday on Facebook. Mm -hmm. In one of my groups, mm -hmm. saying, my 13-year-old is saying, I think the Bible's mythology. I think it's legend, and, and I don't think it's really true. And the mom's in a panic. You know, she's always mm -hmm. taught in the Word of God. She's wondering, what in the world's going on? This is a normal step, but don't take it too lightly. It's an important step, and it's something, it's a great opportunity, and it's also... Um, it could be a trap. It could be a trap, yeah. And so, that this is something... The first thing that we always have to come back to is God is in charge and yes. you cannot save your child. No. And and God is God is in this and God will come alongside of you. You you want to be cooperating with or God. Or rather he will come along he he allows us to come alongside him. That's more of the truth. That's a better yeah. better way to put it. Yeah. But the point being is this you can't save your child and so you can take some comfort in that, that God is involved in what's going on in that child's life. What you want to do is to put the right information in front of them, to give them the encouragement they need, and not to be a stumbling block yourself. Yes, as an act of obedience to God, mm -hmm. who tells us to teach our children the truth. Right. And also because we love our kids. Of course. And we want them to serve God. And so, yeah, it's normal. And listen, let me tell you a little secret here. If you're preteen is not expressing doubts, you should assume they're just not expressing them, but they are having them. This Cause, is... Because we've had all kinds. We've had those who, who just board out whatever's in their mind, and we've had others who tend to think and hold the cards close to their chest and try to work things out on their own. And frankly, um, a preteen relying on their own logic is walking through a minefield. They can't. It really is. They don't have the experience. Their brains aren't fully developed yet. Mm -hmm. And they need our guidance. Right. They need our help, and particularly in this area. Mm -hmm. and, and that's really what I want to talk to you about because mm -hmm. there are answers. There are mm -hmm. good answers. I remember when I was in high school, I went to a special high school for gifted and talented kids. And it was a residential high school. We were away from our parents, a boarding school. And they invited a, a evolutionist to debate a, cre a creationist at school. 
-hmm. I think it's probably because they didn't like that people still believed in God. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, it was a secular high school. And I cannot tell you what a difference it made to me mm -hmm. to hear that creationist take that evidence. And his interpretation of the evidence was way, made way more sense and was way less strained in the evolutionists, and how mm -hmm. I felt like the sun had come up in my life. I mm -hmm. felt like, I felt amazed and relieved, like a huge burden was off of me, that mm -hmm. I could believe what the Bible said and be intellectually honest. Yeah. And, and we can bring that to our kids. Right. We can address yeah. these questions head on. So what do you do when we, your we, child says, mm -hmm. how do I know there's a God? First of all, you don't freak out. You know, we say that a lot. Well, you know, that is so much of our our work as parents is involved with being the calm one, being the point of stability, <laughs> being, being the, the adult, one, being the grown up who's not going to get flustered to say, okay, look, yes, that's alarming, isn't it? You, you've just thought of something that maybe hadn't occurred to you. Let's look at it. Let's talk about this. Yeah, because the temptation is to panic. I remember driving down the road, and one of our kids was a preteen, and all of a sudden he said, Mom, I think I'm an atheist. And I was like, about drove off the road. It upset me a lot. I'd prayed for that child since he was in the womb. I'd seen him as a little child pretending to be John the Baptist and quoting the Ten Commandments, and for him to, to say that just rocked me. You just feel like we've lost him. I mean, that, that everything that we've poured into this child has just walked out the door, and you know, and that's really. But but what I didn't but, realize is that him saying that was a cry for help. Mm -hmm. He was saying, "Mama, I am full of doubt. I don't know what to believe, and I need help." There's a great illustration in the Gospels where a father comes to Jesus with a sick child, and he says, "Lord." If, if you will, you, you can make this child better. And the Lord said, what do you say if? Uh, you know, if you if you simply believe, if you have the faith. And the father cries out and said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. That's what oh, your child so is good. doing. So much your child is doing. You know, that mama loves Jesus and dad loves Jesus. And we've talked about Jesus since that child was little. And now the child feels their feet slip. And they said, help me. Give me a reason that to believe, put my feet back on solid ground with this. Answer my questions. And so the very first thing you do when your child mm -hmm. comes to you with those questions is you don't freak out. Instead, you welcome them. I am so glad you asked that. I've been meaning to talk to you about that because mm -hmm. you know what? They're good answers for that. And, and you know what? It's appropriate sometimes to say, you know what? That's, that's a scary feeling, isn't it? And, yeah. and, and I remember feeling that way sometimes when I was your age too. Let's talk about it. So, Let's, how, let's share some practical things mm -hmm. to do, some right. positive action they can take. Mm -hmm. But first, we, we need to talk about our sponsor. In fact, about. let's take a break here. We're going to hear from our sponsor for this week, and then we'll be right back. Bridgeway Academy, established in 1989, is the leader in homeschool education. With products ranging from individual classes to full-year curriculum to a private accredited academy, Bridgeway has everything you need for homeschool success. They've revolutionized the homeschool experience by introducing personalized, customized programs and the packages that fit 
your students' learning and personality style. For 30 years, they've been supporting families and organizations through homeschooling, helping craft the experience that fits your unique needs and goals. They've learned a lot about what works and what doesn't. As a Bridgeway family, you get the advantages of that knowledge without the bumps and bruises they gained along the way. Bridgeway Academy is your trusted partner for kindergarten through 12th grade home education. Visit homeschoolacademy.com for more information. That's homeschoolacademy.com. Okay, so we're talking about your child's got spiritual doubts. And the fact of the matter is they we, we really believe they all go through a period of doubts, that they all go through this time when they're entering those preteen years and their brains are in transition and their emotions are in turmoil and their thinking isn't very clearly. And they suddenly realize that they, they're not quite so sure anymore of what they've heard from their parents or what they've heard in Sunday school. And so I think lots of kids go through this, and I think all kids go through this to some extent. Now, as Christian parents, how are we going to approach this? First off, don't freak out. Don't freak out. Actually, first off, recognize God is in control, and it's yeah. not us. Secondly, we don't freak out. Now, let's talk about the practical application. Well, what we've got to do is we've got to bring them to apologetics. Right. Now, apologetics, you may not be familiar with that word. I hope you are. Right. But apologetics just means giving a defense of the faith. It comes from a Greek legal term that's used for a defense lawyer, an attorney that stands in the court and presents a reasoned case. And that's that's what Christian apologetics is the the science, if you will, of giving a reasoned defense to believe, a defense of the Christian faith. And that and so how do you do that? Mm-hmm. Well, one great way is books. Mm-hmm. There are some great books you can read with your kids. And these have, a couple of them in particular, have had tremendous influence on our kids. Um, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis mm-hmm. makes the case for why there has to be a God. Right. And The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel makes the case of why that God has to be mm-hmm. God the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Right. Mm-hmm. And so listening to books, talking about them, this yeah. is a great time to read aloud as a family mm-hmm. or to listen to an audiobook because right. when we're all experiencing the same thing at the same time, mm-hmm. then discussion becomes a lot easier. And you can have you can pause the recording and say, did you catch what he just said there? Do you realize how significant that is? You can have you can interrupt and have conversations right at the moment. So that's yeah, those are good. There's a bunch of good books that are, you know, they deal with just the basic existence of God. They deal with the claims of Jesus Christ. You know, they talk about the reliability of the Bible. Then creation science, I mean, the creation and evolution is is a serious thing, and it's a common thing in our in our culture because, okay, here's another term for you, epistemology. How, what do you say is your standard of truth? How do you know something, quotes around that? How do you know that's true? Well, Christian epistemology would say, we know it's true because the Bible says it's true, and we trust that the Bible is the Word of God, and it's inspired without error. Okay, and so if it comes from the Bible, we know that that's fundamentally true. But see, the culture says, well, if science says it, if it comes from scientists, 
then we know it's true because it's scientific. Although scientists... They need to study the history of science. Scientists change their views every day. You see it constantly. They're constantly revising their... Structure of scientific revolution. Mercy, yes. You see there's a constant revision in what the, the scientific opinion is. Okay, And that's good. That's how you get better and better science. But but we need to, take, we need to show our kids that the Bible's reliable. Mm-hmm. I remember sitting in a New Testament class when I was in college... And the professor mm-hmm. explaining the number of manuscripts we have and how very closely they agree. And you know, today well, at the, today at the ark, there was yes. such a great illustration. Do you remember that? That was a very good one. They they had several of the uh, standard ancient texts, like Tacitus, Annals, uh, Julius the, Caesar's, the, the Gallic Cities. Wars, you know, things like that, which everybody says, okay. These are the authentic works of these great authors of the ancient time. And they pointed out, you know, most of those, all of those really, the the earliest copy that we have is hundreds and hundreds of years after the time it was written. Okay. That's the earliest copy we have. And then we typically have less than 10 copies that still exist that we can look to and compare and say, okay, so... And yet we say, okay, well, yeah, we believe Julius Caesar's wrote the the Gallic Wars. And then he said, now, look at the New Testament. The New Testament was finished, you know, the books of the New Testament were finished in about 65 to 95 AD. And the earliest copies that we have of the New Testament are from, like, 125 AD. So a generation later. I saw a fragment of Mm -hmm. the Psalms today. Mm Mm-hmm. This copy was was written in the 200s, mm-hmm. nearly two millennia ago. Right, and so and so we have much earlier copies, much closer to the original time when they were written down, and we have over what was the total? Something like twenty six thousand manuscripts. It, it was it was really a stunning era. thing because like he mm-hmm. he dropped a, a coffee bean in each of these yeah. mugs for yeah. for the number of co- copies for mm-hmm. of each of these ancient manuscripts, and then the word of God he just kept pouring the coffee beans until it made the, a mountain. Yeah, there's just and, thousands and thousands and thousands and there, of copies, and there is vanishingly small mm-hmm. disagreement between the manuscripts, yeah. and the things tend to be things like. A plural, the 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 part of a, of a letter that makes it plural was left out in one manuscript, but you can tell it was meant to be plural because it the, because of the verb number, the verb number. So yeah, yeah it, it's really unbelievable. There's no major doctrine is impacted by the variation. No. And see that, and those are all individually handwritten manuscripts. So that's how we know that the Bible is a reliable copy of the original text because we have so many copies and they all agree. And so when we start sharing these things with our kids sharing the prophecies that were written hundreds of years before the fulfillment and yet have been fulfilled in the most exact and precise way. Well, and that's good. You see, that's an interesting thing too because things like the Dead Sea Scrolls give us a, if you will, a pre-Christian, a a documentation before the birth of Jesus that the Jewish scribes wrote these things down. It wasn't something that the that the Christians went back later and added things in to, no. to try to build a case, but rather you say, look, the Jews who had not seen Christ in the flesh yet had these prophecies given to them, and you can look back at that and you can say, wow, they were fulfilled in detail, in, in every detail. 
it, it's really amazing. And so we need to share these things with our kids. And if you don't know them yourself, mm-hmm. get them. You can go ask your pastor for help. You can get the books that we referenced, and we'll be able we'll be sure to put those on the show page for you. Right. Yeah, you can get up and go to something like the Ark Encounter. Because uh-huh. today, walking through there with my kids, it was so encouraging because it clearly laid out the physical scientific evidence, right. which was much more easily explained by the account in the scripture. Mm-hmm. And it laid out the, the evidence for the, for the veracity of scripture, the evidence for the accuracy of scripture, and it was extremely faith-building. I found that to be the case, too. And see, I found the same thing at the Creation Museum. Um in Washington, D.C., the Museum of the Bible. That's a fairly recent Oh, yeah, that was amazing, that's too. An, another excellent exhibit. And, you know, any of those kind of museums, any of those kind of things, or just go to their websites. You know, all of them have large websites with lots of information, even if you can't afford to travel to the museum in person. Yeah, you can. there are videos that you can get. But the, mm-hmm. the, the important issue is you need to get the facts before your ch- ch- children. Mm-hmm. Show them that they can be intellectually honest and believe the Word of God. That, that you can be a scientist and believe in a, in a heavenly creator. That you can be a psychologist and say, I know what I know is true because God said it was true. And what he says about the human heart and about the, the need of mankind and why we tend toward evil. It's all in the scriptures. And and now we can, we can start from that foundation. It's all true. And so you need to go to your child and explain explain these things. And again, you do not have to be a theologian. You just need to be the parent. And you need to say, hey, if you know these things and this is this is something that you've studied out, fantastic. God bless you. But if it's something that you say, that's just not my, I mean, I'm, I'm not a, a theologian or apologist or other, fine. You find the ones who are. Go to them online. Find their books. Read with your child. It'll build your faith as well as it builds theirs. It sure will. One thing we say in these presentations is I don't care how brilliant your child is, your son or your daughter is not going to ask the question that will destroy Christianity. <laughs> they, they cannot destroy Christianity, okay? Because, number one, it's true. And number two, this has been going on for 2,000 years, and all the gates of hell have tried, and they cannot prevail against it, okay? So you need to just recognize they'll come up with an answer, a question, and you say, that's a very good question. Your heart beating faster, but you, but you know what? If you don't know the answer, somebody has already found it. You just need to go find them. Right. Call your pastor. He he went to seminary for this. He'd be thrilled mm-hmm. for someone to ask him what are the for the teleological argument for the existence for God of mm-hmm. God. He'd love that. Mm-hmm. You know, get out and do some of these things that the Lord has made available to us in our in our area in our country. I tell you, it was amazing today. You know, it, it was it really was very well put together. It was very well presented. And I think one of the things that was most encouraging about it was, you know, the scriptures give us information. The scriptures don't give us every detail. And they went through and they said, all right, let's 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 start from our belief that the scriptures are true, that the ark was this proportion, that a certain number of animals were called to go up upon it. They were going to be there for a year what would it take to practically do that? Oh, that was fascinating. So it was so they many out, different ways. They, that They worked out so many different ways just to, to house and to feed and to care for animals in that century. Okay, They're not looking at modern technology or modern machinery. Say, how could you do this with the kind of tools and technology that we know they had in that time frame? Um, 
and make it sustainable. You know, how much water do you have to supply? How much, how much food do you have to take on board if you're going to be on board for months and months and months with all these animals? They worked all of that out and showed a way, showed practical solutions for all kinds of questions maybe you had never thought of. But, you know, the first time it comes to your mind, oh, well, you couldn't have fit the millions of different species on the ark. Well, no, that's because millions of species weren't there on the ark. Okay, but they talk about how that was managed and, and how the scriptures are fulfilled and the species are preserved and all of the great things that you see in scripture before you even know to ask the question. And so and that, I found that so cool mm-hmm. that as we're walking through, mm-hmm. I would think, well, what about? And they would answer it before I could even get it voiced. And, and you know what? You may have a child. Some of our older children were would just blurt out things and you knew what was going on in their heart. And we had others who were very quiet and they flew under radar and they would have their doubts and they would nurture their problems and they wouldn't share them. That's way scarier. That's a scarier thing. And we found out later on, Oh my word, they've been having this struggle and never said a word about it. Assume that your child in that age, when they're between 10, 10 and 12, 10, you know, nine to 15 or somewhere in there, they are probably having spiritual doubts. And if they don't share them with you, just go ahead and have conversations. Hey, have you ever asked yourself, you know, how do we know that the Bible is a reliable copy today? Yeah. You know, and, and have conversations. Go look at some of the, there's films that come out. There's programs online. There's books and, and podcasts and all the rest that deal with these kind of questions. Just listen to these. Watch these with your child and say, what do you think? Does that, does that answer any questions for you? Have you ever had any doubts? I've had that doubt before, but this is how I found a solution for it. Absolutely. And then pray. Mm-hmm. Pray for your kids. Pray for your kids to protect your relationship with your kids. And it's hard during those preteen years. It's tough. They do not make it easy. And sometimes some of you may be dealing with a teen and you got a broken relationship, mm-hmm. got issues going on, and you're struggling. We'll talk about that another week. Mm-hmm. But you can do this. You can, you can have a good relationship with your kids, and you can teach them the truth. And then you pray and you wait for the Lord to work. And... When you have shared all of this, then you can rest in the Lord. You know, because you can, He He loves your kids way more than you do. Right. You are called to be the parent. You are not called to be their savior. You're not called right. to be the Holy Spirit. The Lord's got that. Okay. So we want to come alongside and help and uh, take heart, be comforted, trust in the one who made your child uh, to be the one who will save your child. Okay. So. Look, we appreciate you joining us. We had a good day today. If you're interested in coming to the Ark Encounter, just go out to their website, Ark Encounter, or you can go to uh, the Creation Museum, same thing, yeah. creationmuseum.com, or Museum of the Bible, I think. It's the very same, same type of website address. All of those are great resources, and we want to thank our sponsor this week, Bridgeway Academy. Go to homeschoolacademy.com and find out more. Okay, so until next time, We thank you for joining us. I'm Hal. I'm Melanie. We'll be talking with you later. Hey, join us if you're in the Southwest. We'll be in Albuquerque on Monday. July 15th. July 15th. At Redemption Hill Church. That's right. And then next weekend, we will be in Phoenix at the um, Arizona Families for Home Education Conference. We love it there, Mm -hmm. and we'd love to see you there. That's right. Okay, so we hope we'll see you. And please stop by and tell us, hey, I'll listen to your podcast, okay? So, until then, I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. Thanks for joining us. Bye, y'all. Bye-bye. 
You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Hal and Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.